Hey everyone, Roman here. As you can see from the title of this episode, we're talking about Disco Elysium with our friends Ian and Sergey. Uh, I just wanted to drop in before we get started and say uh, we had a bit of a technical snafu and Ian's audio file is lost to the pale after about 20 minutes. So if you notice, Ian just sort of disappears from the episode. That's why. Uh, and I didn't want anyone to be worried. He's safe. He's comfortable. We found him a good home. And without further delay, let's get on with the program. Welcome back to Surprise Mechanics, the only podcast about video games. I'm your co-host, Roman Butel, and joining me, as always, is Michael Jones. Hi, Mike. Hello. Greetings, gamer. I see you. Greetings, gamer. I see you. And we have a very special episode today. We got a twofer. We have two guests. Joining us today are Ian Charland and Sergey Vitlin. Hello, fellas. Hey, guys. Hi. Do you want to tell a little bit about yourselves? Or not? That's fine. Um, sure. Uh, Sergey, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Yeah, uh, I'll go first. Hey, everybody. Um, well, my name's Sergey. I like to play games. Um, been that way for a very long time. Uh, generally like, um, I like more story-based stuff. So, you know, uh, visual novel kind of guy, JRPG kind of guy, you know, all the stigma aside. Love that mm -hmm. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Love that stuff. So happy to be here. Yeah, and I'm Ian. Um, you might have heard my voice before with the Summit Shack. Um, but yeah, I also am what you would call a gamer. Um, I mainly like RPGs and action role-playing games. Um, that's kind of my main thing right now. But yeah, I'm also very excited to be here. Thanks for having us, Roman and Mike. Hey, thanks for coming on. Uh, and greetings, gamers. We see you. And today we're talking about Disco Elysium, The Final Cut. Uh, now, I talked about this game a little bit on our Game of the Year episode with Billy. Uh, but since then, The Final Cut has come out, which is essentially a, I guess, a Game of the Year edition. It's it to celebrate the release on consoles. It, did we all play on PC? I want to ask that before we get going. Yeah, yes. I played on PC. I okay. did as well, yeah. Yeah, so... I actually played before the final cut came out as well. Yes, me as well. That And I'm, I'll be curious to hear what... if So, like, did you revisit it for the final cut at all, or did you just um, play I it? I actually haven't gotten a chance to get back into it uh, for the final cut. I did want to hear, um, like, all the new voice-acted lines that they added for it. And yeah. I, I heard that they added... Um, a couple of quest lines that weren't in the base game at launch as well. Mm -hmm. Yep. So and that's basically everything that's new. <laughs> everything is voice acted and the game was already mostly voice acted before, but now like every single line of dialogue uh, has a voice behind it. And there are a few new quest lines uh, and then just some little quality of life tweaks. And it's also out on consoles. Uh, and so it uh, came out in 2019 
by uh, Zaum, Z-A-U-M. I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, And just to reiterate a little bit, uh, it is a RPG where you play as an amnesiac police detective in the fictional city of Revishal, uh, which is a war-torn city, uh, kind of bouncing back from a revolution that took place decades before the game started. And uh, you are trying to solve a murder. And along the way, you are also trying to figure out the kind of person you are and you choose to be. Uh, is there anything you guys want to add before we get right into the suite? You have only a few days to to solve a case. Um, and at the same time, like you said, you're dealing with <laughs> your <laughs> everything own going inner, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you have some demons, uh, which, uh, you know, let's just get right into it. Let's go to the suite. So the first thing I actually want to do in this section is I just want to go around the room and uh, everyone talk about the character they created. Mike, do you want to get us started? Uh, Yeah, I can go first. So my character, we all kind of start out with a similar baseline as far as we don't really know our name. We don't know where our badge went. We don't know where our gun went. <laughs> where our car uh-huh. went. Where our car went. So many things have gone wrong. You wake up after like a, a weekend bender uh, binging alcohol and just everything is gone. And uh, <clears throat> the only way that we even know that uh, your your player character is a cop is the next door neighbor at the hotel tells you, you're a cop. <laughs> You're like, wow, really? <laughs> um, so from that point onward, um, it has like a uh, uh, kind of what you'd expect from an RPG where you can choose um, a few preset builds as far as like what your your skills are. And your skills are based on uh, different pieces of your psyche, you know, like the different parts of your mind that perceive the world. And those pieces also talk to you and the more your skill points you put into one particular um, thought process the more often that thought process shows up during the course of the game and for me I played as uh, a sensitive which is um, a lot of uh, empathy and uh, inland empire just like uh, thought processes that are about reading people's emotions and understanding where they're coming from. Um, and over the course of the game, I, I used quite a few skill points in, in those areas as well. Um, but there are so many different skills that uh, I was often kind of stuck on where I wanted to put them. So uh, I, I'd either save them for the uh, thought cabinet, which is a kind of like a perk system. Mm-hmm. Um with uh, a lot of different different styled perks that have like strange thoughts attached to them, uh, which also use your skill points. And overall, um, by the end of it, my cop was just kind of this empathetic um, uh, uh, for the people type person. So I, I went around and I helped everybody with their problems. And I listened to people and tried to like uh, see the world through their eyes in a way. And it might be worth mentioning those uh, like the different skills Mike is talking about, like empathy, inland empire, etc. That's essentially your party in this game. So those different characteristics 
of yourself will argue in your head. And, and it's so amazing. You, it's incredible. Yeah, you'll, you'll get them bickering as to like what the correct course of action is, because if you have a high physical instrument uh, trait, you'll just want to punch your way through things. But if you have an empathy, they'll be like, well, that seems like a bad idea. And one of the things to keep in mind is sometimes they're just flat out wrong. Yep. Like yeah. the, 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 <laughs> yeah. the way that your different thought processes perceive the world can be biased, which is really interesting to figure out halfway through the game. <laughs> yeah, like um, you have your so you have your four trees, right? Your intellect, your uh, psyche, your physique and your motrix. I yep. believe. Yeah, motrix. And uh, in the physique tree, there's a, there's a skill called half light, which is like your animalistic fight or flight response type. And <laughs> the stuff that that thing says to you sometimes is just <laughs> so yeah. far out of left just field. To, uh, <laughs> Elec- Electrochemistry is really good, too, because that guy just wants to get high all the fucking time. He loves <laughs> the drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. Oh, this game is awesome. <laughs> I feel like I'm just going to say that a lot over the next hour or so, but uh, this game just <laughs> kicks ass. Um, Ian, why don't you tell us about your cop? Yeah, my cop, um, I kind of played the more um, more feeling cop kind of as well, but less empathetic and more inward feeling, I guess. Um, I had some pretty high levels in suggestion, empathy, um, Esprit de corps and um, actually the highest stat that I ended up with is shivers in the physique tree because mm. I really liked um, being able to kind of have that sixth sense around the city kind of telling me what to do kind of giving me a little bit more insight on just like the background kind of noise of the city which I thought was really interesting yeah shivers is awesome cool. what about you Sergey? I uh I actually also started out as a as a sensitive. Um I think the three that you get at first is like thinker, uh sensitive which is plays more into that psyche, uh emotional intelligence type stuff and then you have your physical and then you can make your own. Those are like the three templates that they give you. But yeah, I also started out as sensitive um whenever I play games that let you build a character i almost always go for like a diplomacy and speech type Mm -hmm. that's just kind of what i like to go so that seemed to make the most sense um but i i ended up kind of going at a half and half um half hard intelligence half more emotional intelligence um because you know as you go you kind of get engrossed in the world and the characters, but at the same time, it's Mm -hmm. like you have only a few days to solve this murder. So eventually you kind of have to start putting the pieces together and that's where the kind of thinking aspect comes, comes out. But one of the things that I really liked about the, you know, putting more points into um, psyche is uh, like we established your skills are kind of your party members. So they'll, they'll put in, quips and stuff as you talk to people. And the thing that I really liked about Psyche is you just get a way better read on characters and you just you just end up picking up a lot more things about them that the dialogue and the text doesn't, you know, tell you. Um so that's why I just enjoyed putting so many points into Psyche. I felt like I was getting all of these secret tidbits of, you know, their motivations and their uh demeanors and things like that. Yeah, especially in a game like this, Sergey, I feel like 
investing heavily into the speech options because pretty much the only thing that you do in this game is you talk to yourself and you talk to other people. Right. Um, I feel like you get a lot more of the just like a lot more dialogue options available to you when you invest like that. Yeah, that's for sure. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So like Ian, uh, I played this game last year and on my first playthrough, I didn't really have any long term strategy. I didn't know much about the game and, and I would recommend same. same. Yeah, I, I recommend playing this game now. <laughs> I, I, like turn, turn yeah, this off if you want to play, play this, this game. This, yeah, I would play this game blind without spoiling too much or going too deep into it. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And uh, so I played as just sort of a self insert. And I don't remember if I picked one of the three like base loadouts, or I, I think I did a custom loadout. I think but I did too. Yeah, that's not super necessary. You you'll be fine just picking one of the three options they give you. So at the end of that run, uh, I was a very sorry individual. Like literally, I I just <laughs> oh, I we forgot to talk about. Yeah, we forgot yeah, to talk about what kind of cop cabinets. we were. Yeah. yeah. So I was a sorry cop uh, because I that's I would feel bad <laughs> if I did because you learned some just like truly horrendous that you spent like the weekend, like Mike said, not only partying, but like threatening to kill yourself in front of all these people, m- maybe as a joke. I don't know. Just uh, making out with your gun yes. in front of a shop owner, <laughs> yeah. driving and, your car into the ocean. <laughs> yep. And there's also a political alignment to this. And I was a communist because those dialogue options are just too incredible to pass up. So I was just sort of this lovable lefty goober by the end. Uh, and, and at the end of the game, Kim sort of, or whoever you're, it could not be Kim, I guess, but there's a character that will sort of give you the rundown of the kind of person you are. And I feel like I did a pretty mostly good run. Uh, he had mostly nice things to say about me. Uh, so this time around, I wanted to make different choices, which I also highly <laughs> recommend if, if you ever Very revisit good. this game. So I went into this, I wanted to be a racist fascist. There and you go. Lofty this, goal. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the second I met Kim, I felt bad. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> because Kim is like one of the most likable characters in video games. And he is a minority in this world. This, this, Everything in this world is like very much based in reality, but it's all different. So uh, I, I forget what the like background of Kim would be in this fiction. But uh there are characters you can meet that are racist towards Kim and you would have to agree with them. And I didn't want to do that. <laughs> so yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah. He's incredible. And, uh, I accidentally, I was texting you this, Mike, I had kind of started going down the same exact path because again, these like all the left leaning and communist dialogue options were too funny for me to pass up. And then I actually died and lost a lot of progress, but I was happy for it because mm-hmm. I wanted to do something different. So I, I, I'm st- Halfway through day three, I have not finished the final cut yet, uh, but I still have not looked at the body. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a challenge. It's incredibly hard. It's easier now, but you really you realize how much is uh, gated off in those first two days when because like the game really wants you to look at that body. And Kim be- begged me to look at the body like three times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there, like, there is a, there is an achievement in this game to not inspect the the body, which is the subject of your investigation. Yep, and not doing so just closes off so many pieces of evidence that are available to you i mean in some cases inspecting the body does not reveal everything depending on what your skill tree is is um you you can inspect the body and miss a lot of things depending on how your your character is built 
which is also quite interesting. Um, your perception <laughs> of everything around you is based off of those skill trees. Yep. And your um, it, it plays very much like a tabletop role play game where there are moments that require a dice roll and uh, some of those dice rolls are permanent. You cannot go back and try them again. Some of them you can try again when you upgrade your skill. Right. Uh, so uh, there's a, a very interesting element there with, uh, you know, what happens when you try something bold or risky. And sometimes it pays off and sometimes it really backfires. And one case where it really backfired for me is like on the very first day uh, meeting the uh, uh, kitchen uh, manager at the the hotel that you stay in, I decided to like um, my 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 cop particularly. Uh, I wasn't an apology cop. I rejected that that, that thought. Uh, <laughs> I was a superstar cop. That's I was a celebrity, too. and uh, so I decided to exit the hotel with style, where I'd run away, flip off both uh, birds, and just say "fuck you." Um, and I accidentally ran into the cryptozoologist's wife on my way out and fell (laughs) (laughs) which is is like i failed the check and as a result i ran into a lady who was in a wheelchair by accident (laughs) well before we get too far away from it just real quick i also this run i'm also being a sorry cop or a superstar cop um and i'm trying to be i i found the political alignment moralist which is basically just centrist and i was texting you this mike that was hard to find at the beginning of the game because uh without editorializing too much you kind of just have to pick the most boring political dialogue options you have to kind of have no opinion but yeah. still want <laughs> the yep. best vaguely it, it was like hard to find but once i found it uh it's pretty funny because you like get health boosts just from like having no opinion on things <laughs> that is yeah. that is exactly what i did i was yes. a sorry cop moralist i yep. just anybody i talked to i was like i'm not giving anything away yep <laughs> yeah and that's one way to play it you're right to, to your point sergey you can do a lot of headcanon with this game where you could be like well i don't really think this but i'm a professional and i'm not going to tell you my opinion right uh, mm-hmm. i'm playing it like i have no opinion but i am also a cop of the apocalypse so I'm just ah, going around yes. telling everyone the end times are coming and I'm a, a <laughs> radical feminist. So it's very funny to me to be like essentially a shit lib who uh, knows the world is ending, but I have no idea what to do about it. And I'm not really interested in fixing it. <laughs> Playing as a communist Raphael Ambrosius Cousteau, which is the name that you you can since, since you don't know your name and you, you have amnesia, you, there's a, a section where. Uh, you, you do have the option of just bullshitting your way through a lot of things because mm-hmm. you also may not know the world around you. Like, what is this car? What 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 do you mean, Revishol? Where are we? Um, there's a lot of interesting moments throughout the game where you, you, even you, the player, don't really have context, and you're learning about this world through this character. Uh, which like this character is such a good surrogate for the player because you'd start out with just a blank slate on everything. And uh, that that weekend bender really sets up a good, powerful intro uh, to this world. Right. Mm-hmm. I really did not trust a single person besides Kim. Um, I felt like, you know, just like in real life, if you don't have context for a situation, you know, and you talk to three different people, you're going to get three different takes on the situation. So there's a lot of, I feel like, unreliable information that you kind of have to 
you know, parse out, um, really pay attention who it is you're talking to and, and what their motives might be for uh, telling you something. Yeah, no, definitely. Cause uh, you can, there's characters that will definitely try to play you and you are the, the narrative revolves around in addition to solving this murder, there's a strike going on. So you are constantly caught between the union and their reps and the actual then like management side. And, uh, neither one of those characters are, are great. Even if, you know, you might as, as an individual, you might have a tendency to want to side with the union. The guy who runs the union is like super corrupt. And that's like the first <laughs> thing you learn about him. And you have to decide like, well, is that worth it? Cause he is like ostensibly serving the interests of the union workers. Right. Uh, and, you can learn about the world through these people. And I have found in this playthrough, because uh, just to step back for a second, the game is, uh, I think it was you, Sergey, who said at the top, you have a certain amount of days to solve the case. You have like five to seven days. It's not exactly clear how much time you have at first. Yes. And uh, there, this, this tension is rising with every passing day. So there's a point, there is like a point of no return in this game. And mm-hmm. it's like every day at, 2200 hours is when you can go to sleep and advance the next day, or you can sneak out without Kim and do some stuff you don't want him to see. But not inspecting the body, it's pretty hard to pass the time those two days. Like, I was like, really, I feel like this run, this playthrough is going slower. And it was, I was actually getting a little frustrated, to be totally honest, in day two. And I almost caved, but I didn't because, as you all know, playing it, time doesn't pass if you just run around. You have to like talk or investigate things or, or be doing something active to pass the time. So I just kept going back to Joyce. And um, I didn't mention, but I, I went with a physical build for this one because, again, I was just going to be like a jerk. Um, but I must have kind of high charisma or something because I successfully those first two days convinced everyone to give me money that I could. <laughs> and I, I passed all of the really high skill checks with Joyce and, uh, just learning about the world through her. Uh, did you guys ever learn about the pale? Yes. Oh yes. 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 Uh, that actually, that's a good, uh, that reminds me, um, that's more around what I centered my character around. I had like. Hobo cop, cop of the apocalypse, apricot scented chewing gum. Uh, one of that was one of my thoughts, and basically, my cop was just basically a. He was kind of a cop, but at the same time, he was also dealing with a lot more of the paranatural kind mm-hmm. of weird side of things that seemed to be going on in Revishul. Yeah, Mike, did you learn about the pale? I learned a little bit about the pale, um, especially, I believe, the fact that it was expanding. Yes. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I just stood on that boat and talked to her for yep. <laughs> until I could not anymore. So, yeah. And it's worth it because uh, I and I, I I missed the pale the first time. I like, This was oh, totally new interesting. to me. Interesting. Or, and and uh, it's essentially like at first I thought it was metaphorical, but it's it's not. It's like a <laughs> <Right>. literal... <laughs> Void. A, a void not only around the earth which might be flat in this game <laughs> like she makes a comment like we used to think it was a globe now we don't know and i'm like okay yeah. uh and <laughs> it's also like relatively young like she makes a comment like they've only <laughs> discovered other land masses in the last 400 years but yet they have cars and they have like radio and stuff and and they can like bounce radio waves through the pale so the pale not only surrounds the world it's also uh between like land masses so people have to travel through the pale in airships and it 
makes you go mad over time. And and again, I right. thought this was maybe metaphorical. It was like isolation, whatever. But like, no, it's a thing. There's like a study of the pale. Uh, it, it So something I talked about in our Game of the Year episode is how this is based on a book and they're also adapting Disco Elysium into a TV show. And at mm-hmm. the time I was like, yeah, I was like, I don't know how much that would work. But now hearing all this stuff, I'm like, oh, this could totally be a TV show because it doesn't even have to be about this case. Like... It's like, yeah, it's some like Game of Thrones stuff where it feels so grounded. And then they're just like, oh, winter lasts six years. And you're like, what the fuck yeah. did you just say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the 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 world is very rich in this game. So like beyond uh, political ideology um, and, you know, your case, there is a lot to learn where if, if you don't put points into an encyclopedia, then there are a lot of characters can give you interesting insight on the things around you that you you as a player wouldn't have context for um the encyclopedia as a skill would just kind of give you the textbook definition of things um there's just quite a lot to discover on the flip side if you just wanted to sit on a park bench and read books for five days you could do that too and just fuck off from the case (laughs) yeah yeah if i remember correctly there is a point where it kind of uh the 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 truth kind of runs into you uh, yeah, whether or not that's, that's why it yes. is possible to do what I'm doing and like not inspecting the body and just getting like I'm essentially just committing to learning as much about the town as I can or, or the world as I can by default because I need to pass the time. The tensions are always on the rise through this game. So at a certain point, it reaches a boiling uh, level and n- there's no way to avoid it. Uh, so no matter what you do, sitting on the bench, uh, being diligent about solving the case and finding uh, the truth you will eventually reach that boiling point and you have to make a couple tough decisions. Um, I feel like this is an RPG that um, I, I, I came from a place where like I've played a lot of Elder Scrolls. I played, you know, Fallout and in those games, it seems like it's encouraged to explore the entire dialogue trees uh, while you're talking to people just to get all the information that you can see all the different dialogue options. And in some cases there, there really isn't any repercussions or uh, anything missed out from trying every option in this game. You don't want to do that. You kind of want to figure out what your character is, you know, who you are. And then, you know, as you're looking through the dialogue options, there are a lot of uh, moments during dialogue with other characters where you only get to choose one thing before you move on. So make sure you make a good decision and you've uh, you, you've chosen the the path that you want to pursue. Um, and when you make a decision, this you can do save scumming in this, where like you save before a, a skill check. And then go back and try it again if you failed. So you don't have to put any skill points into that skill to unlock that skill check again. But there are just some moments that it is much more worth committing to what has happened than going back and trying to get the best optimal solution. Yeah, I agree. Because there are so many different possibilities that... Uh, and, and again, everything's voiced. There's, there's, uh, it's just kind of uh, a shame to pass up even the the bad outcomes that happened like like tripping over the old lady in the in in, in the wheelchair it was very <laughs> like, so hilarious funny, and she know. was kind yeah. 
but um, I, I could have just reset that and not have done that. But then it kind of wouldn't fit that well. Like I, I just embarrassed myself over the whole weekend. Right. You know, what's uh, what's tripping right. over somebody in the hotel? Lobby, yeah, she's right? fine. Like, I didn't hurt her. Yeah. Well, and, and I think I said this in our game of the year episode where it really does feel like, you know, like you mentioned, Mike, it's based on tabletop RPGs and it, it feels like you have like a dungeon master there with you who is constantly yeah. like reacting to the choices you make and going like, okay, you failed that, but this happened. So it's okay. Let's just keep moving. And if you want to save scum, like that's fine. Play the game how you want to play. I don't really care, but I would say try not just, just don't do it for at least a while because the game is very reactive. I feel very strongly that this game wants you to fail, uh, throughout it like the the the, the, <laughs> yeah. the idea of failure is not a a negative all of the time sometimes i i think there are some skill checks that are just hard-coded to to automatically fail you um because they they seemed really difficult to pass yeah or super low chances yes right? and and sometimes those super low chances come out with like a miraculous uh pass that i've gotten a lot of those this playthrough and i don't know how <laughs> And it's really interesting because that that kind of formula that 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 you know acceptance of failure in a video game like this just doesn't seem that common. Like you you play Fallout, you play Skyrim, you want to pass the speech checks. You don't want to lose because then you know you kind of lock yourself out of something, or you uh, the the convenient path is now locked off, and you have to do something else. This game, you know, don't be afraid to fail. It's part of the process. And uh, one thing that I wanted to add to, to your point about the dialogue choices, um, and I think this also contributes to what you're saying about the game kind of being like more alive, having more of a human aspect. Um, if you, there are certain dialogue choices that they present to you that are kind of like um, not red herrings, but like gotcha moments. Uh, that if you aren't paying attention or something, or you want to try out every possible avenue, that it'll actually hurt your standing with the character. So, for example, you can be having a conversation with this uh, union guy. I don't know. I forget how high up he is, but he's got some people under him, right? And you're trying to assert your authority and everything. And at some point, your partner is like, don't tell him that you lost your gun, mm-hmm. right? And you I can go through and gun. have all this like... <laughs> this whole conversation with them. Right, right. You have this whole conversation with them and then you come back like an hour later and then you you still have that option of like, um, you know, if you lied to him earlier that you had your gun and then all of a sudden you say that you don't, he like catches you in a lie, you right. know? So there are some things where it's like, don't, don't say it just because it's an option, right? Exactly. It's going to screw you over. And even like Joyce is another good example of that. You don't have to tell her you have like some sort of serious trauma going on because you can't remember anything but if you do she's like if you land the skill checks like surprisingly empathetic to it and she's the one that told me about the pale and like she's essentially your history lesson yeah of the world and but again you don't have to do that and it's you know that could certainly go sideways because you are a police officer who doesn't have his badge and uh or his gun or any like identification and you're just going by the way i can't remember anything about the world you're really just walking around picking up trash so that you can get a few pennies in order to pay uh, for your next night stay at yep. the the hotel. And I just actually I just remembered I officially found my badge like this morning. So I should probably go tell because like last time I talked to Joyce, she still called me like nameless officer of the Revishal Citizens Militia. And I should probably go tell her I know my real name. 
<laughs> but like you, Mike, I've rejected it. I'm Raphael. Or there's tequila a, uh, sunset, depending on who I'm talking to. Tequila sunset. There's a. Um, there's also the option like you can radio back to base to report your missing gun and report your missing badge. And those options will lead to some really humorous conversations over the radio where <laughs> yeah, the, the rest of the department is just making fun of you. Yeah, they can't stand you. And can you blame them? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Again, yeah, it's like, oh, what is, it's just really hilarious. And they're like, well, I didn't have to tell them, I suppose. I didn't even have to report in. I could have just carried on as normal. But, you know, there there, there might have been a, a a checklist item to, like, report in um, to which you could you could you could you could probably wait until after you find all these items and then do it. And be like, yeah, I didn't lose my gun. I'm super not going to find my gun, by the way, in this playthrough. There's just no I am like so off track to find it. There's no way I'm going to be so screwed. You've been on the, the so there is um you can look at your uh, uh, I don't know if it's your dossier or what but you've been on the forest like eighteen years or something like yes. that. It's when you find your uh, ledger. You gotta like crack open. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you and you shine it, open. it. Yeah, and you've solved like two hundred cases. <laughs> like you're like a good detective, <laughs> which is maybe the funniest part of all this. And one of the best on the forest too. Like yeah. I I think at the end, um, at least in in, in particular my ending, um, I the the chief of the department had a lot of very positive things to say where it was uh like if uh even if he falters he will find his way and he will do a kick-ass job i'm like fuck yeah okay cool yeah we uh we, we pulled through in the end and you also have some of the least like uh confirmed kills uh yes. in, in your district and this is all predetermined like you don't really change this this is like background right. info uh which i think was a smart move on the game developer's part to just humanize this character and, and uh, make him a little more empathetic because it certainly would have been a choice if it was opposite. If you discovered that you are like, you have a track record, especially like yeah. today, like that's a, a choice, man. You know what I mean? Like that's mm -hmm. like, I mean like police brutality is nothing new, but like we're certainly talking about it more openly than we ever have. And like, that would just have been a rough uh, hypothetical <laughs> to like be like, yo, you're a murder machine. He's going through a rough patch. <laughs> uh, since like we're we're, we're just praising it right now and talking about all these possibilities, I think it's also worth noting that the the visual style, the music, uh, oh just the God. general presentation. Yeah, the general presentation of this game is absolutely phenomenal. So for this studio to, uh, I mean, this was just you know freshly started to produce this game. It was produced by a relatively small team compared to a lot of uh, video game productions these days. It is absolutely an incredible display right. uh, for what they've been able to put together. I just um, uh, zooming out and seeing the world around your character, uh, standing there and listening to the soundtrack in different areas, the quality of the voice acting. Um, this game has what it takes to get the, the hairs on your arm to stand yes. and goosebumps. I also saw this article just a few days ago where I guess the main narrator, this was also his first voice acting gig. Oh and I'm like, God. man, he's incredible. Like everyone in this Very game good job. from the top down is just so talented. Yes. And like, it, it's like so impressive. And you're like, wait, this is the first time you've done this. <laughs> the thing yeah. that blew me away the most was the 
So we, we talked a little bit about the thought cabinet. So real quick, that is essentially the game's perk system. You, through questing or talking to characters, you, you unlock these thoughts, right? And then you have to place them in a limited amount of slots, and you kind of have to let them sit there for... Um, so much in-game time. You yeah, have to think it's like about your subconscious uh, ruminating it's in the, it's over in the back these of your different. Mind, yeah. Th- yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but the the art style for all of those. I don't know what art style you would call that, but it is that was the thing that blew me away probably the oh, most. Yeah. My phone case is the expression. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Each different thought uh, perk has like a, a a piece of art to go with it, and right. Like th- this game is just chock full of beautiful pieces uh, of, of art, um, of music. It, it Like on the eyes and on the ears, it is incredibly pleasant all the way through. And I have been listening to the soundtrack. I purchased the soundtrack after playing through the game. And I've been listening to that yeah, ever since so I played it. It's just incredibly good. Uh, they uh, The studio contracted uh, Brit- the band British Sea Power mm-hmm. to do... The, the soundtrack and they just absolutely uh nailed it it it's such a wonderful uh album of music it has this great like it, it it's this uh it's very like relaxed and chill but like there's um there's tension there and it's got this very uh melancholic feel yeah uh, it, it, it just Almost like, like washed anything out a else. little bit right yeah if you could call music washed out yeah the word I always come back to is dreamlike. Everything in this mm-hmm. game just it feels it's lost in time. It's it's suspended. It, it it's timeless. It's incredible. And I think this game is. Uh, I I hope it contains, or, or I should say, I hope it uh, continues to uh, speak to people, uh, because I really think this game could stand the test of time. It's it's just so good. How um. How much into spoiler territory can we get into? Uh, can we talk about maybe some of uh, little oh, yeah, side yeah. quests yeah, or absolutely. character bits? Yeah, I mean, we none of that's off the table. And but before we get into it, just re- I'll just reiterate one more time: if anyone's listened this far and still hasn't played the game, do that. It, it's so good, and and seriously, uh, you shouldn't. You already know too much. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I mean, Sergey, if there's something you want to talk about, like go for it. Well, I think I just kind of wanted to see what your guys' favorite little, you know, bits were. Maybe not directly related to the main story. Uh, I talked with Ian a little bit about this. I think, um, I think just the the kind of characters that you interact with. A lot of them are just so fun, even mm-hmm. if they're pretty terrible people. Um, like you know, it's likely within the first ten minutes you run into this kid called Kuno. Right, oh, and one Kuno of the first things, he, yeah, first thing he says to you, "Fuck this Kuno care." Um, I hate that kid. I punch him every playthrough. Yeah, and he just, uh, yeah, and that, and and he just, um, he messes with your investigation the whole time. Um, I think my f- there are two two favorite things. though. one of them is the cryptozoologist quest. Mm-hmm. If you play it out all the way through, oh, wow, it's yeah. like you never, you know, you're not sure about like, oh, are there actually going to be cryptids or anything like oh, that? Man. And right at the very end of the game, you see some wild shit. I like it, cried it, a little like, bit. Yeah, it pays <laughs> like, off in such beautiful. a beautiful yes. way because yeah, I mean, you're right. It's like, do these things exist? And the entire time you're talking with these people, there's just also this. Uh, 
even if you're trying to amp them up, there's this lingering self-doubt that, okay, maybe their, their efforts are fruitless and, you know, they're just chasing a dream that has kept their marriage together, but you know, they're getting older and it's becoming more difficult to sustain this lifestyle and they haven't gotten anything to show for it. Yeah. But then at the end it pays off massively because you, you bring that evidence back. And I think there's even a, a portion where you can opt to send them, you know, a letter and let them know that you found it. You, you, you not, not only did you find it, but you possibly even spoke to it Yep. and it spoke back. Right. And it's like, you know, maybe uh, we should give them a little bit more credit because this world also has like a, you know, psychic death gas that right. exists in the world. <laughs> so it's not outside the realm of possibility. Um, the only other thing that I wanted to say was, um, you know, there's, there's a little bit of ambiguity in terms of a, a past relationship that your character had. Um, you know, like Mm -hmm. a, a wife that left is kind of the vibe. And, um, I personally actually had like a dream sequence, um, with this character who is like, they're personifying like the goddess of life. And then also your ex wife. Oh, I had that too. Yeah. And it was just, I, yes. And, and I just wept honestly, because oh, so good. you're like at the end of the game, you're like, please let me reconcile. And she's like, I'm just a figment of your imagination. I want nothing to do with you. I have to leave now, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Then you wake up in an old bed covered in blood and you're just like, Oh God, <laughs> I just got that shot. Scene is particular is, is incredibly gut wrenching. And I'm very curious to play through the game again to see how much of it is fixed and how much is different because there was a particular line in that sequence uh that just really like it 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 was uh a punched through the chest uh not just a uh, a hard hit but it went straight through my being was definitely uh it was like i can't stay with you you're too fucking poor oh (laughs) damn oh i ain't saying she a gold digger (laughs) (laughs) there are a lot of moments in this game that could hit you particularly hard um like that i mean just that's brutal uh, they're 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 like there are moments where you're listening to your ancient reptilian brain talking about the void and it's just like oh my gosh like some of the concepts throughout are fascinating but also a little terrifying that's right you could start the game and just not wake up at all yeah you just decide to to drift off into non-existence. You can nod back and forth with Kim at a certain point until you die. <laughs> you can break your neck nodding and he like nods back at you confusing and you can do that over and over again. Just you enthusiastically smiling and nodding and him going like, what are you doing? And then you break your neck and die. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that either. It's, it's incredible. It's such Same. a game. Just as an aside, uh, this game is like extremely funny. Like I've been talking about, it's also like oh, sad yeah. and heart wrenching. It just like, it's like really a masterpiece as far as like video game writing goes. Yeah. The first day left me with just like this, um, like, like I said, the soundtrack before was like a very melancholic. And, uh, when I first set down to play this game, um, that soundtrack, the waking up from a weekend long bender and not knowing who I am and just like seeing fuck up after fuck up after fuck up, um, really left me as the player in 
like a, a place of sadness for these characters, for this world, and just kind of also seeing the the connection in our reality to that as well, which you know amplified that. Right. But yeah, there's there's still so much more than just that. It is incredibly funny too. Yeah, and the uh, four political alignments they do a really good job of of mirroring the real world and also like making fun of them a little bit. Uh, but I, the one that the game is like. Uh, like I would say even like the moralist run I'm doing right now, it's it's skewering it, but it's kind of presenting it in a way where you're kind of like, well, I could see how people would believe it. But the one in which the game gives no ground, rightfully so, is if you are a fascist. And I saw a comment on Reddit where someone got mad about it because they were just like, why is the game making me feel bad for believing these things? And all the comments were just like, dude, <laughs> like uh, look in a mirror <laughs> in real life, not in the game. As far as like my favorite moments go, um, over like I already mentioned the pale because that's new to me so I'm just loving that but I actually wrote down just a little uh, uh, anecdote from when I was playing just this morning where um uh, something important to know is if you do fail a skill check there like Mike said there are some you can't retry and a lot of them are dialogue based but if you fail it there is no way you can just back out of the conversation like something like Skyrim where you can just walk away so you still have like dialogue you can say and even if the the point that you want to say is written there and you click on it and it's exactly what you want to say. That's not what comes out of your character's mouth because you failed the skill check. And it's like, he's thinking about other things or whatever. And I had one where I met a cell who is one of the like teenagers um, past the fishing village who wants to set up the rave. Mm -hmm. She's the one outside, like scanning the ice with her little meter. And she kind of makes fun of you when, when you show up and says you should be wearing a hat. And I said, I am wearing a hat. And then there's a skill check to like make her respect you more. And my authority skill in this run is very low. Uh, I think it's actually at zero. Um, and so I failed that <laughs> skill check. Everyone's making fun of you. <laughs> and I just started crying in front of her. But <laughs> like like ugly crying, like blubbering. And I'm, I'm trying to say things like that are, are, you know, pretty well in my head thought out and, and spoken. But it's not coming out. And I'm just blubbering. And then I'm screaming at her saying is this what you want and then she, so she she like calms you down and goes like no sorry but like i didn't gain anything from it because i failed the skill check so i'm like belly laughing like maybe the hardest i've ever laughed playing a video game and then i walk away and it gets better because kim wanted to talk about it so when i talked to kim <laughs> he's just like do we need to talk about what just happened and then there was a skill check where i could legitimately convince myself i didn't have a breakdown <laughs> which i failed <laughs> but like presumably if you pass that you'd walk away maybe you gain a new thought i don't know but you walk away going like no that didn't happen i held my i held my ground i thought i did a lot of the quests and and that's what i kind of thought i thought i got a lot of the game out of it and then i looked at my thought cabinet and i only had like 15 unlocked out of you know however many dozen that yeah. there are so. I feel like there's definitely a limit on how many you can do in a single playthrough. And oh, definitely. Like, there's like I have a I have a, a thought on the replayability because I, I feel like it might be difficult for me to um, to play a vastly different character. Like the the the, the trying to do like a, a racist fascist uh, playthrough just kind of feels wrong to me. I don't think I could stomach that. Yeah. Um in the same way that like Playing Undertale kind of left me with a similar feeling where playing as a pacifist in that game is like the way to do it. 
And then obviously there's the the other run where you kill everything and there's a whole different outcome and it's much more horrific. But there's just like this feeling that if I ever were to go back to Undertale, I wouldn't want to do that because I just love these characters. I love this world and I want everybody to prosper. And I kind of feel the same way here with Disco. I, I just really love... Um, the, the the setting and everything that it, it's kind of different difficult to fathom like going out and being a, an absolute piece of shit to all of these people even if they are flawed um i i i just i that character is a little bit uh not static but just like established now and i, I could probably tweak it but um i'm I, I there are so many different thought perks that i i find it I, I don't have any clue how you'd be able to, to try them all in a single playthrough, mm-hmm. but there are so many I haven't seen that I am curious to see what they are and how they, they affect the game. Yeah. It's definitely worth trying over and over again, and this game has a lot of material that you won't experience your first time through, but that's kind of a, 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 fa- a fantastic thing because I feel like a lot of games these days really want to uh, hold your hand through every single piece of material that they have, and by the time you're done with it, there's just nothing left. You only have the option to move on to something else. All of the things that you miss... Those are the reasons to go back and replay it because there's a belly laugh or just a, a very poignant moment that, you know, leaves you feeling, um, you know, like it's time for a little self-reflection about the world around you. Um, and discovering those moments in subsequent playthroughs is going to be the thing that carries this game uh, a very long time. I think that Disco Elysium is definitely in a position where... If there's a sequel, if there's a TV show, whatever, there's so much more to build on this world. And even within this game alone, one playthrough doesn't encompass everything. No. We've got to create that brand ecosystem and get you <laughs> sucked into the disco brand ecosystem. Yeah. I'm going to buy the new Disco Elysium branded uh, phone and computer and everything else. I want all the merch. It's all analog. <laughs> it's like a tape computer. <laughs> Not to get too sidetracked on this, but it sort of reminds me of, you know, they're doing that Last of Us TV show. I like Last of Us a lot, but I feel like Last of Us is an actual, like, interesting take on the zombie apocalypse. And I don't necessarily need to see a show about Joel and Ellie. Like, I would actually love it if the uh, show took place somewhere else and how how are other areas of the world doing. But they're planning to obviously do Joel and Ellie because that's the groundwork is already laid down there. But they're going to be expanding on a lot, which I think makes sense because anyone who has played Last of Us 2, uh, they're not going to get rid of Pedro Pascal in season two. Where I'm going with this, Disco Elysium is the same way. I would love to watch a TV show. I don't even need it to be about this case, though. Like, this world is so rich and interesting enough that, I mean, I'd watch a show about the revolution, you know, the war. Right. I mean, you could have so many different genres. You could you could do like a Stranger Things type thing if you're talking about The Pale. Right. You could do, you know, uh, political intrigue. You could do drama slash comedy, like a like a cop comedy or cop drama. Right. You do all kinds of Hobbs stuff. and Shaw and Revishaw. <laughs> oh, Hobbs and Revishaw. Hobbs and Revishaw. <laughs> Amazing. Is that, is that The Rock? Is Hobbs Dwayne Johnson? I haven't seen any of those movies. I don't know. But if he is, I take I take it I've back and exposed. I want it to be about Harry Dubois and I want Dwayne Johnson to play him. <laughs> That was our first reveal at the uh, detective's name. His name is Harry or Harrier. 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 Yeah. 
but uh, yeah, there's there's so much to this world, and I feel like the creators have uh, a lot more up their sleeves that isn't in the game. There, there there's so much there that leaves uh, questions for you know what is this, what is that, and that'll definitely drive a lot of intrigue in the game for years to come, and expanding on that universe i think is nothing but a positive uh i i, I want to learn more and everybody i've talked to who's played this game really also wants more um of that world right uh so transitioning now to like specifically what's new in the final cut like i mentioned at the top there are some quality of life uh things they've changed the biggest one i've noticed is they added fast travel and that was actually one of my very minor gripes with the game last year. The map is not particularly huge. You can run from, you know, one side to the other in under like 10 minutes easily. But at the end of the game, when you're just trying to check off some quests, it would be nice to be able to quickly bounce between like whirling in rags and the fishing village. And so mm-hmm. uh, that is basically where the fast travel points are. There's only a few of them, but they are uh, basically on the other side of the river that you have to cross on day three. So I thought that was pretty smart. Uh, the other thing they added were political vision quests, which I actually haven't gotten to mine yet. But I would like to just hear what that is. Sergey, did you do that? Uh, no, no, I have not. Um, but I would assume that, you know, how there are there are certain parts in the game where if you if you pick a dialogue choice so many times, it kind of wants to induct you mm-hmm. into that school of thought <laughs> or cop style. So I want to assume that they just kind of expand on that. Yeah, from what I understand, it's you have to have your uh, moral alignment or your, your uh, political alignment uh, established by the end of day three. And it's the night of day mm. three when you're sleeping, you go on the vision quest. Interesting. I think as long as you are open to what this game shows you and talks about, I think it could easily crack anybody's top five all time list. That's what it did for me anyways. Absolutely. It's, it will cement itself in my top five all time forever. Right. <laughs> yeah. If this isn't my game of the year for this year, again, it's just on a technicality. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's move on to the sour. I'll just do my sours real quick because these mine are like very minute. And then I'll hand it over to you guys because I know you have some stuff you want to talk about. The first was I noticed the final cut was a little buggier than when I played it last year. Yeah, <gasps> nothing game-breaking, nothing really even that big a deal. The most common thing I noticed is lines would load in uh, before the game had loaded in. So like on the black screen, I would hear a line and then I'd come to and it was already that kind of stuff. <laughs> some of the movement, like there's, I don't know, just like just some, some bugs. I mean, it's it's it was a huge update uh, just to, as far as like the amount of data goes. So I, you know, could imagine there's some bugs that still need zapped. Uh, the other very minor thing I've noticed so far, and I, I, to be fair, I'm still only, you know, about halfway, uh, they changed some of the voice actors and, oh yeah, I don't like the new Titus Hardy as much. That's the union. Yeah. Is he a boss or what is his, he's not an official boss, but he like commands respect and he has like people who like look up to him and uh, he's the leader of the Hardy boys. Right, right. In the original game, he's voiced by Matt Crispin of Chapel Trap House. And I thought he had a very distinct, perfectly gruff voice where it didn't sound like, I don't know, he just has like a a, a very unique color and edge to his voice where it sounded like so, like a laborer yeah. or someone who would be like working on the docks all day. The new Not a stereotypical, hey, yes. what are you doing? And the new Titus you know? Hardy sounds like a voice actor so he sounds he sounds like someone they would get to play wolverine 
in like a Marvel game. And it's like, <laughs> it's not bad. It's just a very specific, like he talks like this. And I'm like, um, and luckily I still haven't looked at the body. So I don't really have a reason to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also experienced a few of those bugs with the dialogue. And, and like you said, there's nothing there that's game breaking. I just occasionally a line wouldn't load for me. So, you know, if, if you're in a position uh, like I was, I, I enjoyed, um, not even looking at the text, just listening to the game, because uh, the voice acting when it does uh, when it when it's there, it's just absolutely incredible. Um, I haven't heard the, the the Chapo voice, so I think I'll go and check that out after this episode to see the difference. Um, though, yeah, a few a few lines of dialogue just didn't load in, and you had to read the text instead. But I never had the game crash. Never had um, like something break that didn't allow me to progress. Um, there's just occasionally like, oh, that sounded weird. I guess the game like forgot that there's lines here. <laughs> yeah. Did any of you lose Cam in the shootout? I did not. No. No, I mean, I know that's an option because you can have Kuno be your partner. <laughs> I, um, I think, I think one you can of also the... get Kuno to join the force if he's your partner. Uh, just awful. <laughs> did not know that. I think... <laughs> I did not lose Cam. I think one of one or two of the union reps got shot. That's what happened in my okay. thing, and I got shot as well. I think there are uh, there are some casualties in that encounter that are always going to occur. Some that are preventable, and then I think yeah. you yourself can take. I think you always take one bullet, but then you could probably take more depending on how your skill checks turn out. Does it debuff your your max health? I, Do you guys remember? I, I I don't think it does. Getting shot multiple times. Though I feel like your your health in this game is mostly built out of your psyche. Then then too much. Like there's there's a physical aspect, but then um, the the psyche I, I felt like was much more because I was like I always lost health more often in the course of conversation, right? Than through that particular encounter. I think just like. Beat for beat, uh, your morale is more important than your physical health. During that in, that the encounter, during the the big tense moment, uh, it was very a, much a morale boost because I managed to land the spirit bomb against one of the mercs, <laughs> and and that was incredible. Also, that my tie was talking to me the entire time and just like <laughs> wait for the right moment. Ah, so good. Do it. Throw it. <laughs> That's not a sour. That's a sweet. I'm sorry. <laughs> this, I don't want to call it. I, I don't exactly know what to call this. It's certainly not a nail in the coffin. I love this game. I would, you know, even if the system was even worse, I would still love this game. But this is kind of the one, the one thing that really stood out to me is kind of a negative. Um, and it's the clothing system. So... As we've kind of mentioned, you have different stats, and in conversation, you roll certain checks You know, with those stats. The thing is, though, is that you have your equipment screen, so you have like your hats, shoes, pants, shirt, jacket, a bunch of different options, and there's a lot of different clothing in the game that gives you different stat ups and stat downs. Well, the way that the... This is like the most gamey thing in this game is that you have your inventory management and your clothing management. So you essentially, you know, right before you have a conversation or if you got into safe scumming or something like that, 
you know, you say you have a just on a tank top that gives you physical attributes, but then you put on your button down shirt out of nowhere, right? That gives you mental attributes. And I just think that the You're way just stripping down and changing right yeah, in front exactly. of everybody in public. Exactly. That's <laughs> the only thing that really takes me out of it is the fact that you can really buy up a lot of clothes, put on whatever you think is going to be needed, switch out whenever you want. So I would say as a solution, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on this. I think, you know, maybe it would make more sense because I still like the system, but I think the execution of it is a little off. So maybe if you were to have to, you know, go back to your room and change. I was just thinking that. Yeah. But then I could also see the other side of that where the game devs just thought. I I think the idea of... um having a, a place to change your clothes is a good idea uh, because that, that is something that I think is easy to fall into. And especially when you encounter skill checks in a dialogue tree, the first thought is like, Ooh, well I could, I could put on this, uh, this bathrobe and you know, my drama will go up plus one, even though it's freezing outside, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, the, the, the weather and all those things didn't matter. Even when like Kim would mention like, Ooh, it's raining. You should probably get a jacket those environmental pieces didn't really matter that much. Um, the the stat boosts from the clothes definitely had an impact, and I can see an incentive for players to just, like, change their clothes on the fly uh, and and accidentally flash everybody in Revishal. Um, <laughs> but I feel like if, if if you had to go back to your room, there's also the, that, that leaves a space for, like, the tedium of I gotta right. run back and I gotta go in and change exactly. so that I can get the stat boost. Yeah. Or, or you pick your outfit for the day. That was as I was I was about to say that very thing, Sergey, was if you had to pick an outfit for the day and stick with it, then I think that would be an interesting way to remix it. Yeah, you know, I would even maybe push back slightly on how much the clothes matter, Uh, because I think I think unless you're going to commit to like, no, I'm going to wear one outfit that all boosts the same stat and just have like plus 10 of whatever this is, because I know there's a check I want to do. For the most part, I just use the clothing to keep myself well-rounded. Like if I noticed I had zero of something, I would put on one to give me a plus one just so I wouldn't be at zero on my character sheet. Uh, And I don't really know how to change that, to be honest. I think that's just a matter of like, it makes more sense. Like the skills that you are going to invest in are going to be the ones you use. And that's how you play the game. So your clothes can complement that slightly, but you're not really going to tilt the balance of the game because you put on like Mm -hmm. the sparkly jacket. Well, I think also that kind of ties into like just how many different uh, skills there are where it's a little challenging at the start to figure out like, how do I want to build myself? How do these things impact the game? And you can either double down on the skills that you already have a lot of points in, or, you know, do you, do you try to well-round yourself and and playing a well-rounded character in this game is difficult to accomplish because of how many different skills there are and how many uh, skill points you'll get through the course. So um, the, the clothes kind of offset that, but it, it, I think it will lead a lot of players to kind of approach it in a video gamey way where right, you're, right. Still, you're still going to be changing on the fly. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I, they probably, I mean, just guessing here, you know, they probably thought about it and they were like, well, we either, you know, make people go back to their room or some or limit them or we, we have this in place. So it's it's not a perfect solution, but I, I can almost guarantee that they were just like, you know, this is the best we can do in here. 
we got to suspend your disbelief a little bit on this case. But if that is the only thing that I can look at and kind of point to and say, I don't like that. I mean, that is a job well done. (laughs) Absolutely. I think it's worth adding that this uh, this system isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's uh, I think it's a welcome addition because you can literally go out in a bathrobe and talk with people as a, a police <laughs> officer and uh like so the clothes that you wear impact your skills um people won't i i don't think they'll like outright call attention to what you're wearing but um you, you it, mm-hmm. it would be very funny to do that because you can also go out without wearing pants like you're, you're wearing underwear but like where'd your pants go i don't know i was drunk <laughs> for a weekend yeah <laughs> So it's an interesting system. I think that uh, if, you know, for any future installments in the series or any uh, future RPGs of a similar fashion that the studio would do, um, I'd hope that they would come up with some interesting ways to remix that system uh, because the game kind of does get this feel like it it is a tabletop inspired RPG, um, but there's this like level of a realist, like, like kind of like uh, lifelike feel to it, to the conversations you have with people, to the world around you. And, uh, switching your clothes on the fly is kind of a way to break that. Um, and there's, there's probably a way to implement a system like that and maintain that sense of immersion. Um, and that team probably, they, they, they're probably already on it, you know, with how good this game is, uh, they probably already have an idea. Yeah, the only other thing that I would really say, which which isn't even really a complaint, um, but you know, might sway you if you were going into this without any sort of research, is the price. Um, I think full price in the original game was about forty dollars, and my playthrough ended at about twenty four hours. So I know that there are some people that you know they they do put a kind of price to hour value on games um i mean if you've listened this far then you know it's definitely worth i would say it's definitely worth full price mm-hmm. um but just keep that in mind you're you're paying for the um experience and quality of the experience not necessarily how much gameplay you're going to get out of this game and and that's only one playthrough as well so right yeah i know i definitely used to be the kind of person where i wanted a dollar per hour uh, right. And my thinking on that has evolved just over time. One, just like having less free time than I used to. I'm kind of like, no, I, th- I think like 20 hours is kind of a sweet spot for me with a game. Um, but also, I'm much more willing to give these guys $40 than I would be to give. I was going to say Call of mm-hmm. Duty as an example. No, just, you know, if you like Call of Duty, whatever, that's fine. But like, I'm not going to buy a $60 Call of Duty game to play a six hour campaign. Cause I'm not really going to touch the online. You know what I mean? Like I, I, right. I don't need to, they're, they're doing fine. <laughs> I don't need yeah, to give I them think, my money. I think there is a <laughs> distinction as well between the size of the studio. This is, um, this is more of an indie project. And, uh, it, it, when you're at the, the checkout, uh, phase of purchasing it, yeah, there's uncertainty and like, they're like, am I going to get a, you know, a lot of entertainment out of this game? And, uh, I think the, 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 the end point of that is yes, yes, you will. If you like it at, at in the slightest bit, then it's definitely going to be worth the, all the times that you replay it. Um, but like, again, during the checkout, like, eh, like, I don't know. Right. But, um, in retrospect, it's very easy for me to say, uh, that I, I have no qualms or regrets having spent the money I did on this 100%. game, mm-hmm. uh, that, that team, 
that that team like deserves it. They they did such a wonderful job putting this together. Um, and the the only negative about the price is that you just don't have any guarantee of that until you purchase it and play it. Uh, because after you go through that risk of purchasing it and then playing it, you find that you really love it, and that and and that there's so much to replay um, within it. That uh, yeah, it's definitely worth that price. Um, but as an outsider looking in, I can see the reserve, like you know, the reservation. You know, is it worth it? It's kind of hard to tell. And in today's video game landscape, um, there there are so many games, and I mean, there are games that are five hours long that they're selling for sixty dollars, right? So it's kind of like, is it going to be that? Is it going to be you know, an an okay short experience? But should I have waited for a sale? I, it, with this particular game, it's easy to say, like, no, that's not the case. But I see the the trepidation uh, for gaming in general and those price points. So with that, this is the this is the last thing I want to say um, uh, for me personally. So I think we all have kind of said that we 100% recommend this game. But I'm curious, would you guys still recommend this game to someone that maybe this is their first? foray into the genre they have no experience playing games like this i would recommend this game because I, I i've played rpgs before like i'm no stranger to skyrim or fallout um as well as like other style of rpgs not just bethesda uh though for this particular kind of game like the over the top view the crpg style um more focused around the conversations you have with people than the combat that you might have with people this is kind of a first for me in that sense like um you know without the art style it is a text adventure and i haven't really played many of those Mm -hmm. um if any at all off the top of my head it's kind of hard to tell but this game in its presentation is a little bit of a first for me Um, awesome and so I would absolutely say, you know, if you haven't played anything like it before, don't worry. It is uh, it it, it uh, it's present. It, it's, its format isn't necessarily unique because uh, there are other games that, you know, are text adventures, CRPGs. Right. It's not the first of its kind, but it definitely is a wonderful place to start in that genre. Yeah, I think I would also recommend it, but with some important caveats. Uh, and because this is not necessarily a knock against this game at all, it's just it, it is the nature of what the they're they're doing here. There's a bit of a learning curve with this thing. There's a lot the game doesn't tell you. There's a lot you have to figure out on your own, and that's part of the fun. I can really enjoy a game that uh, I get to sort of learn as I play. Mm-hmm. So I have recommended this game to people basically everyone I know <laughs> over the last year. And, but I, I tell everyone you kind of have to be in a particular mood to play it. It is a lot of reading. When we talked about it on our game of the year episode, Mike, you might remember Billy looked at it and went like, no, this looks great. I'm not going to like it. And I, I think that's fair. <laughs> I think if you don't like reading or you don't like text-based adventures, like, yeah, this is probably not going to be for you. Uh, but I, I would recommend if someone was trying to broaden their gaming horizons, uh, this would be a great, game to check out uh because it is not a full price triple a game so you are you know it is a little less of a risky investment and i think for most people they're going to feel pretty hooked at a certain point and if they're kind of struggling well i mean the internet's right there you know you can look up stuff and kind of find your footing i was um i think on day four when i realized that 
the the voices in your head, the 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 different skills that embody your party, sometimes they are biased and very wrong. There was a particular conversation with Classy that um, uh, I think it was Volition realized that all of the other skills were infatuated and unreliable. So there's definitely a <laughs> level of that. <laughs> unreliable narration at play. And you you have to remember that these skills are part of your brain, they're your psyche. So your in, internal biases and your internal worldview is going to influence them as well. And just because, you know, suggestion gives you a suggestion... Uh, there are times where you follow through on that and afterward suggestion says, I'm sorry, I was wrong. <laughs> and you just kind of have to live with that. That's kind of going back to the whole idea of like it, in this game, it kind of wants you to fail and that's okay. Right. Beautiful. One thing I think, cause like Sergey, like you said earlier, this is definitely in my top five games ever. It's extremely good. Uh, yes. I think I remember reading somewhere that the, lead designer said they would like to their next game. They'd want to have some sort of combat in it. And I'm like, Ooh, man, all of these same systems, but with a combat system, that might be the, uh, like the perfect video game. Uh, <laughs> I really think if there's anyone that can, as it stands right now, if there's anyone I think that could outdo this game, it's these guys. <laughs> like I think whatever they make next, I could see, being even better than this, which is great, right? You always want there to be like an upward trajectory of creatives you admire. I'm very excited to see what this studio does next because they have gripped me with this release. And um, like you said, yeah, I'm, I'm very hopeful that uh, their, their trajectory creatively is upward and uh, I'll definitely be in line to see what they're up to next. Yeah. I think uh, certainly in the video game space, these folks can do whatever they want now. Like they can write their own ticket. Uh, it's also, I right. mean, that alone is no small feat. Also, the fact that they have a producer for a TV show. There's no network or anyone signed on to it yet, so that could fizzle. You know, that's not a guarantee. But behind the scenes, there's enough confidence and, like, interest where they've announced it. So that's also, you know, not not small. And the fact that they are releasing the book then uh, in an English translation. Like, yeah, I don't think there's anywhere but up for these folks. And hopefully, you know, all the... I actually don't know what kind of reach this game has in terms of, you know, does the average video game player know about it, you know? So hopefully with all these new mediums that they're exploring, well, mostly the TV show, hopefully the TV show brings people back into the game that maybe they didn't even know that, you know, it was based off of a game based off of a book. They just saw a cool show and they were like, I need more. So hopefully, I, I really hope that that kind of happens for them. They deserve all kinds of recognition and praise. So, hey, it worked for Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> now that guy's everywhere. Oh, I'm so excited for Sonic the Hedgehog too, oh, dude. For real? Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> Did you see that picture with big knuckles? <laughs> yeah, it's great. He's, he's a big boy. He's he's wonderful. I love him so much. Can't wait for Tails to be my cop partner. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, what do you think of the case, Tails? Whose Tails? Do you want it to be me? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, shit's fucked, Sonic. Damn. Is that good? Yeah, yeah I think that'll Let's work. Let's move on to the that'll sauce. We're drowning. That's <laughs> <laughs>
Welcome to the sauce where we give the game our final score. Uh, what do we want to grade it out of, Mike? Ten? I think it'll be ten out of ten pieces of garbage that we've picked tear. up. <laughs> tear. Tear. Yeah. yeah, ten out of ten tear. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll go first. Yeah, ten out of ten tear. Um, for real. This uh, this game was a ten out of ten last year when I played it. Now it the Final Cut has improved. I would say overall the experience is improved slightly. I only say slightly because it was already a great game. Uh and earlier when I said it's going to be my game of the year two years in a row, that wasn't a joke. Uh, I really think this is going to be my game of the year once again. It's extremely good. Uh, play it. I have to give this game a 10 out of 10 as well. And I feel like, I feel like, is this the first 10 out of 10 I've given? I can't remember. It's just like, this game is so damn good. Even like its shortcomings. Um, and, and like we've said before, like some of the, 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 the sour pieces we had are just like, nitpicky and right yeah very minor so like if you had to come up with something that was you know a point of criticism then you know you have to find something and with this game it's just so damn hard to do um i i absolutely love it and the the days after beating that game my mind was just solely consumed by thinking about what i had just experienced listening to the soundtrack i'm incredibly excited for my second playthrough and the only reason why i haven't started it yet is just i like to give a little bit of a breather between uh playthroughs and looking forward to the next time i play this game uh gives me such a sense of joy it is a phenomenal game and like you have roman I would recommend it to absolutely everybody I meet on the street. Yeah, for me, I uh, I gotta give it a six. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, come on. We already know. We already know what I'm gonna say. It's it's a ten out of ten game, most definitely. Um, this is a game that I've played good games before. Um, you know, I think Persona Five Royal. That's one of my near and dear uh, games, but that is not a game that really stuck with me too long after playing it great game to play but you know this game really stuck with me for a long time after i was thinking about the different characters what happened how it made me feel for so long i think that if you were to play a game and then go into you know any and every discord uh server that you're in and group messaging thing that you're in and and you tell every single person about this game. I mean, that's what I did. So to me, that is a sign of a, you know, truly excellent game. So 10 yeah, out of 10. 40 out for of 40. Sure. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't count any higher. Tear. If we ever do an episode on Persona 5, we should have you back, Sergey. Cause I, I didn't play Royal, but I got halfway through the, just the base game, Persona 5. Yeah. And for anyone who doesn't know, that's 50 hours. And <laughs> I put it down. <laughs> Because there was a lot I loved about it, but I was just like very frustrated oh, in yeah. a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Well, I will tell you that just, uh, tan- you know, going on a tangent. Yeah, I think Royal fixes a lot of Vanilla's issues. Definitely made me play through it again. You know, only mm-hmm. like a year and a half after I played through the original. So, yeah, I got through that game in 11 days. Holy So, moly. you do the math on how many hours a day I've spent playing it and how many thin crust pizzas I ate during that time. Wow. That... <sighs> It was a, it was a you, problem. Are you good? <laughs> oh, dude, I'm good. That's the thing about JRPGs. I just can't, I can't get into them like I used to. Wow, yeah, I, that's impressive. I used to be able to do that. Now I can't even sit for, you know, eight hours at a time. So, 
Uh, well, do you guys, Ian, Sergey, do you have anything you want to plug or where people can find you before we go? Yeah, if you're thinking about following me, just just don't. I'm not on socials play, a lot. You know, I'm Sergey Burger on socials, <laughs> but take that energy, invest it into the Summit Shack, follow them. Um, I got a I got a video I'll be dropping on there sometime soon. But yeah, great people, uh, great content as well. So we here at Surprise Mechanics, we love the Summit Shack. They have uh, such wonderful uh, music and 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 artists and creative people, uh, you know, behind that entire project, and really good friends too. So. Um, I, I just also really want to endorse that plug and encourage people to go check out uh, Summit Shack on Twitch for Shack TV and any Summit Shack social media you see uh, on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, give them a follow. They deserve it. There's a lot of wonderful stuff there that is um, being made, and, and hopefully that'll be the future of uh, some of our music in, in the world. Uh, so... Um, Give them a look. They are they're very much deserving of it. Yeah, enjoy those extra two to three likes, folks. That's the surprise mechanics pump. <laughs> 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 All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Uh, gentlemen, thanks again for coming on. And we'll see you on the next one. Yeah. Thanks so much, guys. 